This podcast is a production of the Community Covenant Church in Eagle River, Alaska, a place where real people meet a real God to live in a real world. For more information, visit our website at www.communitycovenant.net. Good morning. Five grizzlies, five moose, five dull sheep, a hawk, and an arctic squirrel. And the most questions and comments I get when I post that on Facebook is, what is an arctic squirrel? I, I don't know. I think it's just a regular old squirrel that, that lives in Alaska. I, I don't know. They, they look the same. But, but uh, apparently they're different. I don't know. Anyway, so uh, for those of you who don't know or don't remember, I, I drove into Denali on Friday, left here at 6.30 in the morning, got back in, in, uh, home at midnight, and, you know, we got in there and we thought, if it's not nice weather, we're not going to go all the way in, but you only live once, so we drove to the very end of the road, 89 miles, there was no road left, we got out of the car, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, okay, we got to go. Get, get back. Anyway, what, what was really interesting was about, about this is, of course, you know, every fall they open up the the park and you can drive your own car in, and it felt a lot like uh, some of the African safaris that I've been on because you don't really have to look for the wildlife. All of the cars are are jammed on on the side of the road, and people are you know trying to take pictures. So you could kind of just uh, mind your own business until you saw a big. Of a big traffic jam 50 miles into the park, and sure enough, way off in the distance is a moose, like, you know, on the side of the hill. You can hardly see it. And people are there with their instamatic cameras taking pictures. And, and I come home and I go, wow, um, I, I get up in the morning and I look outside my window and there's a moose uh, standing there not 20 feet away. Well, why did I waste all that time to go to, to, to go to Denali? Anyway, okay, that's enough of that. My name is Brad. I'm the uh, transitional lead pastor here and I'm delighted to be here. We have just read this text uh, about bodies and body parts. And, uh, you know, it... it if you're, if you're morbid, I suppose you could make something other uh, of this than it is. But um, this is one of the metaphors that Paul uses to, to help us understand the importance of, of one another in the context of the community. And last week, you will remember that I introduced uh, this sermon series that I'm calling Four Words by looking at the very first core value that we have here at Community Covenant Church, which is over here on the wall. And can you say it together with me on three, one, two, three, explore. That was our first value. And today we're going to look at the second one, which is connect. And um, you will remember that last week I sort of summed up this this exploring aspect of our uh, vision by saying that uh, we believe that no matter who you are or where you've been, God welcomes each of us to explore the inner landscape of our of our faith, wherever we happen to be on that on that uh, trajectory. Today we will continue in this series of sermons by looking at the second word that is up over here, the word connect. And uh, there's a variety of ways that you can talk about connect, and we'll get into that in a minute. And and what what I want for us to do is to use this word as sort of an entree, 
an entry point, if you will, into uh, seeing how God has really designed us, wired us, if you will, to 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 live. And uh, this passage from 1 Corinthians chapter 12 provides us, I think, with a couple of insights that might be helpful to us if we desire to sort of fulfill uh, uh, God's desire for us to, to live a healthy uh, spiritual life. Well, anytime you talk about connection or relationship would be another way of saying it. Um, in a spiritual context, at least, you're talking about at least two kinds of connection. Uh, the, the, there's the, the vertical connection that we have with God, right? That, that, uh, that's an important connection. In fact, it can be argued, uh, if you don't have that vertical relationship with God, that all the other connections that we make probably don't matter much. I mean, we, uh, at least in a, in a spiritual uh, context. Now, if you've been hanging around the church for any length of time, then you've probably heard about this vertical connection to God, and we we're, we're going to talk about it in, in, an, in a week when we talk about transform. So I'm, I don't want to steal any of my sermon fodder from next week because then I won't have anything to say next week. But uh, there is a very famous and well-known uh, uh, theologian named Martin Buber. He wrote a book, Buber, B-U-B-E-R. Some of you may maybe have read this book in your introduction to philosophy class or something. But he wrote a book called I and Thou. And this is a way that he's describing this relationship between God and us this I-thou relationship, um, he says that we are made complete as human beings when we have this I and thou relationship and it's nourished um, over time. And, uh, and the implications of this, of course, is that growth, spiritual growth, doesn't really happen by accident it's something that we have to put our mind to. It's something that we have to get dedicate time to. And it's sort of, it's sort of like growing vegetables in Alaska. You, you know, you got 10 weeks or whatever to be able to do this. You kind of got to pay attention to them. And they grow big and they grow fast, but you don't have a lot of time to, you know, fool around. And that's in effect what, uh, Martin Buper is saying about the importance of our relationship, this vertical relationship with God. But then there's this this other connection, this more horizontal connection, uh, and this is really the connection that that I want to spend most of my time on this morning. Um, and this is the this is the connections, this is the relationships that we that we form and that travel with us throughout our journey of faith. They're, they're the people that walk with us. They're the people that we know. It's the community that supports us when we fail, when we fall on our face and we need help getting up. It's the people who come along and say, you know what, I've made the same mistakes many times. You know, how can I help? That, that's the, the horizontal connection, horizontal. It, you know, it's the people who love us even though they know us. I mean, isn't, have you ever thought about that? You got a few people in your life that love you no matter what. And they know all about you. They know all of your failings and all of your downfalls. And they still love you. Those are the kinds of, uh, of horizontal connections. So let me, let me give away the, uh, 
what I'm, what I'm going to say today. So if you get distracted at, at any point in the sermon, if you capture this sentence, then you're going to capture what I meant to say. And so, so here it is. There is no such thing as Lone Ranger spirituality. There's no such thing as Lone Ranger spirituality. The key ingredient to spiritual growth is nourishing, paying attention to, committing ourselves to these horizontal relationships with other people. I can't tell you how many times I've run into people over the course of my ministry, and a lot here, which kind of makes sense because people come to Alaska to escape you know, crowds, and they think they can kind of live in complete independence from one one another. But I run into people who, uh, they even drop in here from time to time. I met somebody just uh, a week or two, and uh, they want to talk about uh, theology with me, and they want to tell me all the things that I said that were right or Sometimes they want to tell me, tell me things that I said were wrong. And I always ask, I say, so what community of faith are you part of? What, where do you worship? Oh, well, I, I don't, I don't really worship. I, I, I get my spiritual, uh, uh, nurture kind of by myself. Wrong. Doesn't work that way. God has not created us so that, so that we can do that successfully in the, in the long run. Now, certainly there are circumstances where we may find ourselves in isolation, you know, uh, if you're stationed at the North Pole, you know, and have to, you know, be there by your, whatever. Uh, but for the most part, uh, in order for us to grow deeper with God, then we have to go deeper with others. There's no other way to do it. Now, for many of you, that's going to be a troubling thought, and I know it. And, you know, since I'm the transitional pastor and... Uh, Presumably, I'm coming to the end of my ministry. I can just be straight with you and not worry about whether you like what I say or not. (laughs) If you want to go deeper with God, you have to go deeper with others. For Paul, in this passage that we read a moment ago, uh, the phrase, one body, many many members, is an important phrase. You've probably caught that towards the end of uh, the reading How do I know that? Because in the course of uh, seven short verses from verse 12 to verse 19, Paul refers to the body 12 times. 12 times. What that usually is an indication of is that you were not trained very well by your English composition teacher when you were learning how to write, or you are really intent to get across something that's really important. Because you don't want to use the same word over and over again in, in that space of time. But Paul does. And, and this passage that we read comes right on the heels of Paul's description of spiritual gifts, which is right before this in chapter 12. And in this section, in the spiritual gifts section, he's just finished describing how a healthy spiritual community um, looks. And he, he, um, he's talking about um, a healthy spiritual community is filled with a variety of people who all contribute to that community through the use of their unique gifts. Or if you're in the business setting, we, we don't talk about gifts, we talk about skill sets. Okay, it's the same. And, and it's... And, It's as if Paul is saying here, as he finishes this section and moves into the section that we just read, uh, 
you know what, there's a, there's a chance that you might misunderstand that with all these uniquely gifted people, that some of these gifted people are more important than others. And in, ca- in case you think that, then he goes on in this section talking about one body, many members. To reinforce, I think, for us the fact that, that even as we are each uniquely gifted, our gift is most valuable when it's used in the context of a larger community around other gifted people whose gifts might be different than ours. So that, that I think, is what leads us then right into this text where Paul begins to sort of riff on this phrase, one body, many members. One body, many members. And you see, the point for Paul is not to suggest that some gifts are more important than others, Some are more visible than others for sure, but not more important. The point for Paul is to suggest that each gifted member is part of a larger organism. And you know, that's really what the church is. It's an organism. It's not just an organization. Uh, An organism is something that's alive, that's living, that has, that has a sort of an animating spirit, if you will. And, and, and we work best together as an organism called the Church of Jesus Christ when each and every one of us both recognize how God has wired us and how, how we can contribute to the larger community in, in, uh, in whatever way. My wife is a big, uh, fan of Grey's Anatomy. Uh, it's a TV show. Any of you watch Grey's Anatomy? Okay. At least a couple people. I, I think it's been on forever and anyway, um, if you haven't seen this show, it's pretty much a drama about a bunch of doctors set in a fictitious uh, Seattle hospital. And it's really not about medicine at all. It's mostly about all these, you know, bizarre, dr- dramatic relationships. And uh, I don't get into it as much as my wife, but at any rate. Um, in a recent episode that we were watching, and I don't know when this was because, you know, we watch seasons from you know, 10 years ago or whatever. Um, but there was an episode where uh, someone was going to uh, have an organ transplant, but they had to wait in order for somebody to die, the donor, in order to receive a particular organ. And I don't remember what kind it was. In fact, this, this organ donor was donating a number of uh, significant organs. And the way that they were dying was uh, in such a way that it wasn't going to harm any of the organs. So so at, at one point, there's like six or seven surgeons all scrubbed, ready to, to walk into the, to the um, surgery suite in order to harvest these organs. And apparently, I don't know this for sure, but it, you only have a certain window of time in order to do this in order for the organs to be healthy and, and useful uh, in a transplant situation. And so they're all there waiting. Now, if, if this group of surgeons going into this procedure thought for a moment that the organ that they are harvesting or the technique that they are using is more important than the other surgeons that are going to be right by them taking out a different organ and doing it within a certain time frame, it wouldn't work. And I think that's what Paul is trying to suggest to us in this text that that the gifts that we have are meant for the body one body many members is Paul's way of pointing out that that each and every one of us has an important place important role important uh, way that we can 
uh, be part of this, this healthy, living thing called the church. And, and we have to be careful that we don't misunderstand Paul because he's not talking about the individual gifts for their own sake. The body always trumps the gifts. The body always trumps the gifts. You know, it, it can be argued that certain body parts might, uh, you know, you can, you can get along without them, right? You know, I, uh, I, and you can, so you can live a healthy, meaningful life and not have, you know, your wisdom teeth or an appendix or, you know, uh, maybe you cut a piece of your finger off on a skill saw or something. But for the most part, every body part contributes in some, in some way. And for Paul, the image of a complete body is where all of these parts are working together. And the, and the object, of course, is not for us to, to remove parts to see how long the body can sustain itself without this part or without this part. That's not the point. The object is that we, we function best and most uh, healthy as a church when we are all one body with many members. Well, you heard me say a minute ago that there are no Lone Ranger Christians. And, and it's true. And in the context of this, all this talk about the body, it makes some sense, right? M- most of us, I think, have experienced illness or, or some kind of condition in our lives where we know when some small part of our body isn't functioning quite right, it makes a big impact. I... Um, I, uh, I'm trying to make this long story short. I, I climbed Mount Kilimanjaro and came home. And um, I was gone f- on the mountain for a number of days. And, and for those of you who hike very much, you know your, your feet kind of get all calloused and roughed up by being in a sweaty sock for six days without changing your sock. You know, that kind of thing. So I came home, and I thought, man, this is terrible. I could go to a, a pedi- pedicure. Is that what they call them? Yeah. But, you know, men don't do that, do they? So I said, I'm just going to go out to the garage, get some sandpaper, sand the the burrs off my... <laughs> Have I told you this story? Okay, um, sand the burrs off my feet and then put some nice lotion on my feet. And I did that and it worked fine. You know, I didn't pay anybody to pedicure my feet. It was great. And so I, I did this upstairs and at the time we were living in a house that had kind of this long swooping stairwell uh, down into this main entrance area. And so I've just got my feet soft as a baby's bottom. I'm feeling good. I saved some money. And I got to the top stair uh, of this, and both of my feet went whoosh, straight out from underneath me. I landed right on my back and went boom, 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 and you know it took the breath right out of me. <gasps> and, and my wife's a nurse, so she could tell that something happened, you know, worse than usual. So she she screamed, not screamed, she called out from the room, "Hey, you know, are you okay?" <laughs> Yeah, as I'm trying to capture my breath. Well, anyway, what happened to me was, is I cracked a rib. And if you have ever cracked, so I climbed up and down Kilimanjaro, fine. I fall on my stairs and I crack a rib. 
And if you've ever cracked a rib, it is the most painful injury I have I could ever imagine you having. Because every time you breathe, your ribs sort of flex, right? And if a rib's crack, every time you every time you roll slightly in bed, your body kind of flexes and your rib hurts. Every time you laugh, your rib everything, your rib hurts. Now I went to the doctor and they gave me some. Uh, Vicodin or something. That was pretty good. But anyway, uh, all of this to say that when a certain organ in our body isn't functioning, sometimes, amazingly enough, it affects the rest of our, our healthy organism. That was an awful long story for just making that point. Paul recognizes that our eyes are important. They provide sight. They, they help us to respond to the world around us. Our ears, even though they're funny looking. I mean, have you ever really looked at a person's ears? Now, I'm not talking about a wrestler, because their ears really look funny. But I mean, just regular, it's just really a funny looking organ, you know? I, I, I've never heard of ear models before. Maybe there are, but I've never heard of that because ears generally just are funny. Or, or So Paul is saying that the, these parts of our bodies are important and they have value and they can contribute to the... the okay, you get the point. Um, and, here, and here's the hard part. In our culture, we live in a culture of individualism. We, we Rather than pushing towards interdependence, we live in a culture of independence. And you know that better than anybody living here in Alaska. You know, don't mess with me. You know, if you come to my house without knocking or calling first, you know, if my dog doesn't get you, I'll be standing there with a gun. Or I mean, and at least that's sort of the, you know, the, the myth. Um, we, we spend most of our lives trying to individually accomplish stuff. I mean, that's the way our society is set up. Think about it. We're assessed. Uh, as individuals, not as a group, right? Uh, we we uh, were asked to perform our job as an individual. And sure, we might be part of a team, but if we're not pulling our weight as an individual, they're not going to fire the team. They're going to fire us. You know, uh, we derive our sense of success or failure as an individual. We we immortalize people on TV and the movies, the John Waynes of the world, because they express this rugged individualism. Now, given what I've just said about the nature of the body, you see where we get in a little bit of a, a bind? Because that's not how we were wired by God. That's what Paul's saying, yet that's the way we want to continue to live. At the core of our understanding of what it means to be connected to the body of Christ, it has nothing to do with individual accomplishment. Nothing. You see, my success as a transitional lead pastor and a mouthpiece, if you will, you know, blah, 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 is determined largely by the ministry and gifts of other people in this church. When I first got here and was getting to know the staff, I sat down with Pastor uh, Tyler and we talked. And I said, hey, Tyler, I learned a long time ago that the effectiveness of my preaching is dependent on what you do before and after I preach. So if there's anything that I can do to help you, you know, communicate to you what, I'm, what I think I'm going to say, let me know. In fact, the highest compliment that I receive... Uh, on a not-so-regular basis, interestingly enough, is not, hey, preacher, nice sermon. Oh, man, that was a great sermon. 
the highest compliment I get is when somebody says, uh, worship was amazing today. Because it's all about the parts that are making up the whole. If you have categorized your, your, your spiritual life as, a, as, a, as an individual pursuit, like you do everything else in your life, perhaps it's time for you to reconsider this passage of Scripture where um, we are part of a larger body. If you have hit a wall in your spiritual growth and you've been trying by yourself to sort of get around that wall or get over that wall or dig under that wall, maybe it's time for you to have some others come alongside you in that pursuit. You see, deepening our spiritual connections with one another is really the only way that we can fully function as a healthy and growing uh, community of faith, followers of Jesus, regardless of what anyone else might tell you. That is the only way. And the hard part isn't admitting that we can't do it by ourselves, although that's hard for some of us, especially men. The hard part is actually doing something about it. This is where our core value as a church comes in, that we want to be a church that provides opportunity and ways for us to connect together. And I'd like to invite up um, one of the members of our staff, Colleen Brown, who is our Connecting and Equipping Director, And I want to interview her very quickly so that if you're sitting here this morning and you're saying, okay, Brad, I get it. How, how do I do this? Um, we're going to, we're going to walk you to the next step. So Colleen, uh, glad you're here. You took a little, um, I didn't have to write as long a sermon because I knew that you were going to come up. Thank you. Uh, tell us a little bit about your passion for connecting people here at Community Covenant Church. First of all, I'm just wondering, Brad, if I'm the leg, the foot, the ear, or the arm. I'll tell you later. (laughs) Okay. Um, But I'm just telling you, I am very blessed. And I just love being serving in this capacity with this body of Christ in this church. But I have to tell you, Brad, it's not about my passion connecting others. But it is about seeing the results when people get connected. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter if you're here for the first time. Or if you've been here for 10 years, there's going to be a point in your life that you feel disconnected. And I get so much satisfaction to see people for the first time join in the group. For instance, a woman I met her at the ministry fair, she's serving refreshments. She jumped in. For, she's been here two, three weeks now. And the next thing is when someone's sitting there not feeling connected for 10 years, and I hear that, to get them joining in and even leading a group and it's just neat to see the legs, the arms all coming together because if that person for 10 years had not been doing the gift they have, we miss out. So I just get satisfaction to see it all come together, this whole body coming together as one. I, I can see there's a little excitement. <laughs> for, the, for those people who know you, they know that there's excitement. Um, that's why you're good at what you do. My next question is this. If, if, uh, if there's somebody sitting out here today and they're relatively new to Community Covenant Church, uh, and they want to find ways to connect with other people, how would you recommend they do that? Well, I think our church has done a very good job of intentionally putting some things in place for people, whether you're first time or been here for 10 years. Well, the first thing, Pastor Keith already talked about it, was the connecting card. So I won't go into that. But one thing I do want to mention is sometimes people just fill out the front and not the back. So look at both parts of those. The second thing um, 
is they'll be mentioning is that we have a connection point after church and this is a place over out in the lobby there's tables and chairs there's information pamphlets and everything and this is when i'm there with some connectors and we love for you to come and share your story with us we would like to welcome you get to know you answer any questions we have and matter of fact we'll even take you a tour of the church if you want to see where his office is yeah it's a long walk make sure you bring okay so the third It is a long walk. And so the third thing is that um, you'll see in the worship guide that it says, I will even schedule meetings with you. So there's families that even call me up and say, hey, can I connect with you? I want to know more about the church and how I can get involved. And so I I might meet a a husband and a wife at Jitters and bring my little packet of pamphlets and share about stuff. And so that's another way that you can get connected. We have a great website. I don't know if you've seen the new website. It is fabulous, and we have an online where you can go online and find people, get connected with groups, and I won't say much about the Explorer Dinner, because I was going to talk about that, but Pastor Keith also talked about that, so I'd love for people to sign up for the Explorer Dinner. And the last thing I just want to say, just do something. Just get involved, like the, the lady that's doing the refreshments. Just jump in and try something. It might not be something you do for a long time, but just explore it. What if uh, there's somebody out here today who's who's been around for a while, and maybe they've been connected in the past, and they've, you know, sort of dropped out, or and they're feeling that sense, or maybe they've even heard God speak to them this morning, and they want to uh, find a way to get deeper with God. How how would you uh, recommend that they do that? Yeah, to get deeper with deeper with God and deeper with other people to get deeper with God. First question is, I got to ask you. Like, when you are come, lead church, do you head out to your car and go home? Or do you stick around and meet somebody new? Or do you go to the connection point? Are you getting involved just on Sunday with people? You know, we are the family. We're family. You know, family talk and have fun together. The second thing I would say, yeah, you, maybe you do hang out on Sunday. But what, what did you do after Sunday? Is this the only thing you do on Sunday? How do you get connected in other ways? And so I would suggest... Looking at all the small groups, men, if you have not been to the Men of Distinction, I heard they talk about men issues that are really, it's a really neat time for men. Men, men issues? Men issues. I, I, you I, don't I, talk I, about I, us women, do I've you? Heard, I've heard of women issues. Men issues? We yeah. don't got issues. But here now, now, this is a plug for Crandall because there's that Saturday morning's breakfast. And this, I heard, is really good because my husband goes to this one. And even yesterday, he's like, I'm going to the breakfast cooling, and I'll see you when I get home. It's like he laments if he cannot make that Saturday morning breakfast. And so I suggest all men to try one of those two. But there's also the men do action men. And that's where they help single women, widowed women to, you know, like maybe fix their fence, whatever. And there's women ministries. You, you, we have our Tuesday, Thursday, Wednesday Bible studies. There is a huge amount of ways that you can serve and grow together. And I'm going to say, if everybody waited for someone else to ask you to, if you call them up, nobody would get called. So be the first one to call. And if that's really, you're an introvert and it's shy and that's hard to do, that's why I'm the connecting director. Come and ask me and I'll help you get connected. Colleen, thank you very, very much. You are, um, you, you are, you are well placed in your role as the connector, and it's really a joy to work alongside of you. As we wrap this up, I want to tell you a secret. Are you listening? Are you leaning forward a little bit? I want to tell you a secret. 
if Community Covenant Church to, to, desires to be a growing, active, and healthy congregation, then each one of us has to desire to be a growing and active and healthy follower of Jesus. And that doesn't happen if you just come one hour a week and plop your backside down in a chair and, and sing a few nice songs and hope that the preacher says something that interests you. It doesn't happen. The only way that we can do that is by recognizing that whatever gift God has given us is a unique and valuable gift for the entire body. And if we are not using our gift, then the body is worse off because of it. If we're not using our gift, the body is worse off. If we have, over the course of our spiritual journey, mistakenly viewed our spiritual life as a solitary pursuit like everybody else in our culture, then we need to take corrective action. And we need to begin to develop our connections with others for the strengthening of our spiritual life. And and finally, making spiritual connections with others, whether it's in a small group or a community-based ministry or mission that we participate with, whether it's sitting around with with a bunch of men or women drinking a cup of coffee and talking about the challenges of our faith, it doesn't matter how we go about it. What matters is that we go about it. Let me close with a personal story having to do with the importance of, of a healthy body. I recently went to the doctor for my annual physical exam, and after reviewing my blood tests, the doctor told me that a couple of my indicators had changed and that it would be good for me if I lost a little weight. I put on kind of that Alaska, you know, 15, I guess they call it, or Alaska 20. And if I watched my diet and if I engaged in a little bit more intentional exercise, and doctors, of course, have been telling me this for years. In fact, doctors have been telling all of us this for years, right? There's nothing new when it comes to that. But this time I paid attention. I am paying attention because I don't want various body parts at this point in my life to begin to break down quite yet. (laughs) I've got way more life that I want to live. And I want to have a whole and healthy body. So I, I have placed myself on a fairly rigorous diet and I'm intentionally exercising and I have cut out late night snacking, no, no half a gallon of ice cream while you're watching TV at 10 o'clock at night, gone. Why am I telling you this? Because you need to understand that changing our habits for the sake of our health of our body is the same as what I'm asking you to do today in relationship to your spiritual life. I'm asking you to change your habit. And if you've been sitting around here getting spiritually flabby, then you need to get off your backside and start engaging in your spiritual life. You need to for your own sake. If you've been consuming stuff that is not healthy for your spiritual life, then you need to change your diet. You need to stop eating a half a gallon of ice cream at 10 o'clock at night and start eating fruits and vegetables. Just don't make me eat kale. 
If you've been consuming stuff that you know is not good for you, stop it. And, and, if, and if you put on a little weight, spiritual weight, watching someone else do all of the work, then you need to start exercising your gift for the sake of your health and for the sake of the health of this body. I, I don't know how to be any more straightforward than that. And I know that half of you at least won't do anything about it. But for the half of you that do, God will, will bless us and God will bless you because you are beginning to use your gifts for the sake of this body. Let's pray. For some of us, God, this is a hard word because we're, we've grown quite accustomed to sitting and soaking. My prayer for those of us who are in that boat is that just like the word I got from my doctor, that if you don't change a few things, there may be some outcomes that you don't like. My prayer is that for those of us who are contemplating this perhaps for the first time in a serious way, that, we, that, that you remind us that this is for our own health and this is for the health of this body. And for those who are here, God, who are tired because they've known this and they've functioned as a giving, uh, gifted person in this body for a long time, I pray that you would help them find uh, a new sense of energy and a new sense of purpose for that gift that they have to offer. Ultimately, God, please remind us often that this is not about gifts and it's not about talent and it's not about skill set, but it's about a healthy, functioning body that we get to experience and contribute to. And that's the way it's supposed to be. Thank you, God, for the privilege of being part of this body, Community Covenant Church. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen.